This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, well, we're going to talk movies, video games, comic books, pop culture, usually. That's what I talk about on the weekly podcast where I like to sit down with a storyteller and talk about those things. Usually they come from those worlds, but this is a special. I'm only sitting down with one person, my good friend Ian Kerner, and we're going to go deep dive on the brand new Birds of Prey Harley Quinn movie. So if you have not seen Birds of Prey the something 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 of <laughs> Harley Quinn or whatever the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <sighs> yes, that is just the beginning of the problems with the box office this past weekend for poor Miss Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, that was a bad title. That being said, I, I don't know what Ian thinks of the movie. Ian doesn't think know what I think of the movie. But I think if you haven't seen the movie and you care at all about the movie, stop listening. And go see it because we're going to go uh, go spoilerific right now. So welcome to Geekscape, Ian. You went to see this movie. I went to see this movie. I thought the movie would overperform expectations. You thought the movie would overperform expectations. It did not. It underperformed yes. this past weekend. Uh, and we talked a little bit about why it underperformed just through text, but we still don't know what we thought about the movie. Um, Ian, how would you describe Birds of Prey in the something-something of Harley Quinn? Well, here's the thing. You know, when we saw the, the latest trailers, I think we were both very underwhelmed, right? Um, I mean, I had, honestly, very little interest. And I was really bothered by, you know, there's, you know from, from, honestly, from the get-go, but particularly in this last trailer, like, they say they have character Cassandra Cain, who doesn't bear any, any resemblance whatsoever to the comic book character of that name. In fact, I'll go into a deeper dive, you know, in, in a bit about you know who she really does seem like and all of that. But I was very concerned with just you know this character not being this movie not being true to the characters, um, and it, it continues and, to not be. And, true and, and to that expectation them. was realized. Like it, it was just not. 
Um, so, so Geekscape, I do want to lay out the plot a little bit, but the plot is pretty bounce around because the, the movie's not told in necessarily any order. But basically, the, the gist of it is, post-Suicide Squad, Harley's been dumped by the Joker, and suddenly the people who did, would stay away from her, uh, who hated her, would uh, are now after her because the Joker is no longer protecting her. And one of those people is Black Mask, right. who is the villain in this, played by Ewan McGregor. Wait, and wait, back up. That wasn't Bono? <laughs> yeah, and now shit is... Okay, so now Ewan McGregor's allowed to, to go after Harley Quinn. The Joker's protection's gone. Harley Quinn is heartbroken, but she's trying to put things back together, and there's this uh, now there's this diamond that everybody wants. And, uh, and then the birds of prey fall into it somehow. And, and Ian, I'm just going to out with it. I mean, I, I the, think I had an allergic reaction to this movie. Okay. The diamond is a MacGuffin. Like, it was interesting. It was the Bertinelli diamond. They were tying into Huntress Origin. But Huntress Origin was one of the few things they got right. They did the, the almost exactly the Huntress Origin post-crisis. Right. Pre-Flashpoint post-crisis Huntress. Which is, I think, the best version of the character. Almost, I mean, it, it was right on, down to the training, the assassins, all of it. They did that perfect. Then they introduce this, this Burt Nelly diamond, and then, like, like, pretty much, like, becomes irrelevant. Like, it doesn't really matter. It never ties back. I guess she doesn't care about it. I don't know. That the Huntress... You know? Well, yeah. the, the Huntress... You only know in the post-credit kind of uh, epilogue that she ended up getting the diamond and reclaiming her uh, family fortune so that she can finance the Birds of Prey. And, that, and they say that, I mean, it's, it's part of Harley Quinn's uh, narration when you see the Birds of Prey finally together fighting. Oh, yeah, they became do-gooders because she finally got her fortune back, and now she's the Birds of Prey. But, um, damn, the movie has so many more problems than that. Yeah, yeah, so many. I mean, look, here's the thing. You know, I don't know if this, you know, how this developed exactly. I mean, I remember hearing about Birds of Prey and then talking about Harley being in it because to me, it sort of feels, it reminds me a bit of what uh, X-Men First Class was where they were developing Magneto and they were developing like the idea of an X-Men First Class and they hodgepodge the movies together because ultimately at the end of this movie, you, you see it's like, oh, this was like an origin story for Birds of Prey that they clearly are trying to set up as a spin-off movie on its own without Harley I'm like, no one's interested in that movie, and it's just not. I mean, from the get-go, I was going like, how do you do Birds of Prey without Barbara Gordon? Uh, yeah. You know? And ultimately, the answer is you don't. <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't. It's not. Um, Renee Montoya, who's a great character, and I love Rosie Perez, but, you know, yeah, 25, 30 years ago, she could be playing that character. Yeah. How old is she? Yeah. I mean, there's even a line, there's a joke in the movie about her age. And I was like, ooh, I cringe. So I was like, because, yeah, like, I have no problem with, you know, the older detective thing. But Renee Montoya in the comics, yes, right, exactly. When you first meet Renee Montoya, she's, you know, on the Gotham beat. And eventually she leaves the force and she basically gets trained to take over as the new question. Right. You know, and she's this great character. But, you know, she's maybe, maybe she's 30, you know. Yeah, Ian, so we don't go completely off a ledge. I'm going to list the things that I liked about the movie. Okay. And those things... But the currency, that the, the worth of those things ran dry about an, a, a 30, yeah. 45 minutes well, in. I, before, before you go into the list, let yeah. me say this. So I went into the movie, you know, I had had beyond low expectations, and then a few people I knew 
you know, one person went to the premiere, another person to a screener, and they came up saying the movie's fun. Go with it. A couple of people said that, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm going to say this to you. I do find a lot of things about the movie fun. If I could divorce my brain from A, how it just doesn't line up with the source material, and B... Which d- you should do with comic book movies, exactly. period, anyway. I, 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 I definitely like, try. A, yeah. I mean, it, just, it, it, really, it really rankles me when, when they change things for no reason. I mean, look. Yeah, lean so into the strengths I mentioned, of these I mentioned stories. Cassandra Cain. Um, there's no reason to call her that character, who's a real character in DC Comics. There's, I was hoping there'd be some little thing in there that would hint at some connection to that character, some aspect. There's nothing. And Cassandra Cain eventually yeah. becomes Batgirl, right? Yes. And she's blind. No, she's, she's not blind. I'm thinking of... She's mute. I was thinking of Echo, too. And deaf. Like, yeah, yeah. he's deaf. Um, no. Cassandra Cain in the comics is the daughter of... Um, David Kane, an assassin, and you don't know who her mother is at first, and it turns out her mother's Lady Shiva. And Lady her, Shiva. Yeah, her father raised her without ever teaching her how to speak. Instead, like the idea is that he did this experimental technique where all the areas of her brain that would have gone to speech or instead went towards seeing movement as a language. Mm-hmm. So she's like, like the, Echo or kind Daredevil, of, kind yeah, of. But, but, Taskmaster. Yes, any of these but, but but yeah, so she's like. She's just shy of being metahuman as far as like her fighting abilities. Yeah. She's unbelievably amazing. I mean, at six years old, she was like an, an, an assassin. But now she's, she's amazing. A but then she, you know, she believed in Batman's way as a teenager and came over. So pre-Flashpoint, she was Batgirl. Currently, in the current continuity, she's known as Orphan. Right. Um, and she's an awesome character who she's started to learn how to speak and you know learn more about dealing with people and all that. And she's a great character. This character is more reminiscent of a character from the Birds of Bright comic who was named Sin, who Black Canary knew, who was this street urchin. They did a version of that character in one season of Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arrow, excuse me. Right. And maybe that's why they just didn't call her Sin, but literally it's like she's the most like Sin than any other character. And you're already calling a character Black Canary right? and Dina Lance. Dina Lance, right. Dina Lance. And you're changing these characters anyway for your right. multiverse. Right. Why not lean into it? The strength of this movie is Margot Robbie as right. Harley Quinn. Yeah. She, she's great. She's great. Um, she's then surrounded by other edgy, extreme characters mm-hmm. that kind of bury her. Like, she's, she's awesome enough to just do her own movie, and this should have very much just been her movie. Right. Because the stuff where she's in it by herself are a lot of fun, but then when yeah. you add other characters the, who are also loud and edgy and extreme... Right. It does. I think it detracts. It just... Detracts from it completely. My favorite things about the movie were the Harley things because I thought they got a lot of that right. The fight sequences are awesome. Yeah, they, they did some Easter eggs. That I don't know if you would have caught that were from the um, the Palmiati Connor run. Beyond um, the, the, the beyond the roller derby yeah. and, and and the beaver. Yes, that is in her mind is talking back to her. Yeah, um, which is a great running gag in those comics, and and it's it's, it's very funny and fun. And the hyena named Bruce. Yeah, yeah. That the hyena predates right. that comic though. That, that's from the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like the, the the sequence where she breaks into the police uh, off, you know, the the the, the jails to get Cassandra Kane out. It's fun. It's awesome. She's yeah. shooting beanbags at people. She's shooting like all sorts of stuff. It, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a little um, unclear to me why she wasn't killing anyone. Well, they were cops, and you still have to shade her a little bit uh, chaotic good. For the sake of well, well, putting in a well, villain no, he, who's he, he, chaotic here, evil, here's my point. Like Black Mask. No, in the comics, they have her go through a thing, particularly in the Palmiani book, where she's a little bit psychotic, 
but she sees herself as good. Right. So she, she maims people without killing them because she's gone through a progression where she's not the bad guy with Joker. Right. You know? Um, and honestly, some of the best gags were the things like she did these things when she was with Joker. And she's like, oh, yeah, I thought that would be funny. Like, it's, some of that stuff is great. You know, like all the people that want to kill her. Sure. I thought it was some of the best things in the movie. But yeah, and I agree with you. The efforts to establish these Birds of Prey characters and develop them and create this team, I really think detract from what could have been a really fun Harley movie. And, you know, I wasn't into the Dina Lance character in any way. I, I, it's, she's a character who says that she's grateful to Black Mask for bringing her off the street. But at no point does it you don't seem have a sense that she was ever on the like street. she has any right. or any moral ambiguity towards whether or not to work for this character. It seems mm-hmm. like she's always seen, approaching him with disdain. Mm-hmm. She's reluctantly even working with the guy. And... She never sees him at any point as somebody who saved her from the street, which would have given her a little bit of a three-dimensionality that she doesn't have. And then they just throw in out of nowhere this exposition that her mother was a hero that had powers, you know? So therefore, boom, she has the same powers. And as a DC Comics fan, I was like, okay, at least they did the second-generation Black Canary thing, because that's an aspect of the comics. Because before that, she looks nothing like the character. Right. I mean, they threw in the singer thing, which is a more recent thing that they did, you know, post-Flashpoint. You know, and but then it's like you know, we I guess we're supposed to assume because her mother was who she was. That's why she's an amazing fighter without having seen any of that. And with all you the know? fight sequence that says that she's in before in the movie, why does she wait till the last bit to use her powers? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. No, yeah, makes no sense. Um, I mean, you could argue she doesn't want people to know, but yeah. Okay, so like Black Mask at one point before the jail cell sequence captures captures Harley Quinn and mm-hmm. is going to kill her and is like okay and Harley Quinn says no 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 don't kill me I'm going to go get you this diamond that you want I know who has it and she knows that Cassandra Cain has it mm-hmm. and Cassandra Cain's currently in lockup this little girl pickpocket right. girl who swallowed the damn diamond um, Black Mass says okay I won't kill you go get me the diamond <laughs> sends her to go get the diamond uh, also sends a ton of thugs to go get the diamond the thugs would have successfully gotten the diamond had he not just sent Harley Quinn to go get it, who has this change of character, mm-hmm. and then gets Cassandra Cain out of there with the diamond. By the way, then the, th- it, the what thugs the fuck? show up, and it's they're literally firing guns left and right. And they go, oh, wait, no, uh, alive. Like, well, then why were you shooting live ammo at them? No, and I won't. Yeah. The fact, it's like, like hello. <laughs> Maybe my favorite sequence in the movie that is just one of those parts where I'm like, do they even care? Is when Cassandra Kane and Harley Quinn are hanging out in her apartment, and suddenly there's this, um, and everybody seems to know where she lives anyway. So, mm-hmm. but but suddenly there's this bounty on one of their heads, and every scumbag in the in the in the in Gotham, not not any of the scumbags you want to see in Gotham, like uh, I don't know, uh, all of the rogues in the Batman universe that still live there, mm-hmm. but. We're going to well, deal with Black Mask. Yeah, well, we have to talk about Victor's ass. <laughs> we will, we will. But the part where, okay, you see somebody chasing, you know, the, this, this Frida Carlo assassin mm-hmm. comes after them and gets blown mm-hmm. up. You see these, a couple, you know, one or two assassins funny. come af- after him. And some of that is funny. But they, here they are in, the, in their apartment, and this fucker shows up in a pickup truck and shoots a bomb through the window or, and blows up half the apartment. And then just disappears. Right. And again, the next what, thing you what, see what, is what happened to take her alive? Harley Quinn and Cassandra Kane wa- literally are walking on the street in the next shot, 
they just walked outside. And I guess the guy who shot a bomb into the window just left. I he just know. yeah. I mean, and, and then the whole thing <laughs> like for, like they don't really establish it, but I guess she thinks she's close with this guy who's a landlord. And then he's like, "No, well, I had to, you know, betray you." And oh, okay, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that scene. She would have killed somebody for that. Yeah, she's killing people for a lot less in this. And movie. it's like, oh yeah, okay, I guess I see your point. It's like, and that's it. And the guy doesn't redeem himself in any way. It's nothing like that. It's just like, yeah, no, never mind. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then Victor's ass. Here's the thing that bugged me about. Okay. About, so, so there's they, a lot of things that bug me about so, so, Victor's so, so ass. They, they make Victor's ass a minion, which. I already don't like for the character, but what's even worse... Why not? Because that's not who he is. The character is much more like he's this crazy, you know, assassin type. You know, he's not just a minion. But the worst thing about that that you probably don't know is they did that on Gotham. Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember Victor's ass on Gotham. Okay. So, so yeah. it's literally it's, so it's the same thing. Right. Well, I think they did it better on Gotham. They did do it better, but, and I don't love the idea of that. But then they do that here, and it's like it's just you know, it's like neutering them, you know. Well, yeah, Victor Zaz is the psycho who and, likes to cut people up, and when he murders somebody, he cuts himself. And, and was there a weird undertone to some like somewhat homosexual between thing between he and him Black and Mask? Black Mask but a little on, on Victor Zaz's part, yes. but like, and, and listen, I have no problem with that. But do it or don't do it. Yeah, you know, it's like. I think do it or don't do it is a lot of this movie. Yeah. Like, it played the middle in a lot of places, so by the 40-minute point, any of the currency that it had earned with with me through awesome Margot Robbie performance, really fun Harley Quinn stuff, mm-hmm. awesome action sequences, I stopped caring. Mm-hmm. It, I, they're not going to lean into this. They're going to go Joel Schumacher. I thought the ending was total Joel Schumacher. And how many times have we seen the, oh, I've got a grenade pin mm-hmm. gag? Um, not fun. Yeah, I mean, I know it was very comic booky that they went to the whole amusement park thing, and like Harley had her own. It's on her brand. What's that? It's her brand. Yeah, you I know. You don't have an ending like that. No, I know. <laughs> no, you're I, right. It makes no I'm sense. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, other than well, it's her brand. Right. It's like, what is this thing? This is just. In, it's like, is it a rundown amusement park? Like, I was like. What's even going on here? I, I liked the idea that then she had the secret room in there and then the Joker raided it. I was like, all right, but... We've never seen it before. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. I mean, I guess we don't have to because that's the thing. They threw us into, you know, way back when with Man of Steel and all the follow-ups, it was like this fully realized, you know, DC universe that we haven't seen and we're just kind of coming along for the ride, right? No. I'm I, saying think, that, that, I think rules still apply and you still need to not... Just throw rando stuff at the audience. I if she wanted to hide out, why is she no, hiding out in an apartment while she has this amusement that, park place? Is that with Batman v Superman, you yes. had a Batman been around for a long time. Yes. You know, and then, you know, Justice League and Suicide Squad, particularly Suicide Squad for the sake of this movie, it's like there's a lot of history that's there already, and we just never saw it. Yes, but then if she goes on the lamb, why does she go back to this apartment and not to her secret carnival bunker? I got nothing. She's saving it for the end of the movie? She's literally being hunted by half the lowlifes yeah, in the city. It makes no sense. None of which are actual Batman villains. Right. She's being hunted by all these lowlifes in the city, and she chooses to go to yeah. an apartment and over an like, Asian food restaurant rather than this hideout that she's going to save for the rest and of the movie. And my friend that I saw it with turned to me after. Are you guys still said, friends? Well, yeah. because you, know, well, we <laughs> you went through war together. <laughs> but um, he was really bothered by, I don't understand, they're in Gotham when this stuff's happening. There's no sign of Batman. I said, well, one of the problems the movie had going in is there was no way Jared Leto was going to do the movie because he was so pissed off that they even developed, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, 
rightfully so. Yeah. Right? And so you have that problem. So you have the flashback stuff, but you just see the back of his head. Right. right? And then Batman-wise, they're in a mess there because Affleck wasn't going to do it. And they don't even know that they want him to because they're developing the patents of things. So it's like this movie is so constrained from the get-go by that, right? But, you know, like do a Harvey Bullock. You know, in the police station. No, they're not going to do that. You know, obviously, no James Gordon. You know, like, yeah, there's no, there's no Commissioner Gordon, no Detective Gordon. Sorry, and there's like, yeah, no. um, I think this movie would have, you know, if it had been a little more Gotham, yeah, the TV series, I think it could have helped. Yeah, it would have felt more populated. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Victor's Zaz stuff was just rando and weird, easily discardable, which is sadly a lot of this. I mean, they probably couldn't touch Batgirl or Oracle, but to me, if you'd used her, that would have legitimized the movie more in terms of the Gotham of it, right? There's a lot of Gotham of it that could have legitimized this movie. You know what I mean? Like, if if you would use that character, that character and bring it all together and, you know, you can get the exposition. Because as the movie is without a character like that, you can't get any exposition that Batman's elsewhere. Well, but how you much, should have had. You want that, right? Well, how many characters do you think were off limits because of the Robert Pattinson Batman coming up? That's the question. It's right? like, can we not have the Penguin hanging but, out in the, the in the Black Mask but, but, Club? But, but why make them off limits? Why? If I this mean, is an Elseworlds and you're doing multiple versions well, of these characters well, anyway, the what DC matters? DC right now, it's such a mess. I mean, I don't think you've watched any of the Harley Quinn series on DC Universe, no. which is surprisingly funny. It's mm-hmm. actually really fun. But that's the Palmiotti uh, Connor stuff. Um, it's reminiscent the, you, of it, but I'll right. tell you how it's not that. You know, I read that run for a long time. I finally stopped because I was honestly frustrated by how out of continuity it is. Um, this kind of bridges the gap. It, it takes a lot of aspects of that, but it, it actually stays very much in the realm of with all the different you know heroes and villains and um, and keeps it in Gotham. So the, the, the DC Universe series. Um, it's actually really a lot of fun and Fans of Harley Quinn should definitely watch it. Okay. Yeah, uh, if this did not, if this yeah, didn't work but, for you, well, yeah. And, and here's, watch the here's my one. point: it's like you have all these different things going on at the same time, and I don't know. I mean, listen, obviously, I'm heavily into comic books, and I've been doing it a long time, so I can keep straight in my head. Oh, this is different than this, and this and that. And right now, you know, the market's being flooded with all so many black label books, and everything's and Harley has one. Um, Harley has one of the big, big. There's a couple of them. Books, there's a yeah. Harley book, and then they have a second, another Joker book. Like it's like there's so many of these things these days. But you know, and DC's sort of taken the same approach. I mean, you know, we're coming right off Crisis on Infinite Earths, which shockingly, for the sake of the multiverse stuff, showed some things that I never thought on the CW. Show. Yeah, the on CW, the CW, so, yeah. they actually threw in that late cameo of the Ezra Miller Flash in. You know, after then, you know, already doing all the DC Universe shows. You know, I mean, it's really shocking how many they did there. And ultimately, the thing is, it's fine. There's still a multiverse and different universes, so it doesn't matter. And you accept the idea of that, you know, and that's fine. So my point being that within the realm of all that, and by the way, the rules of things being off limits, the CW has Batwoman, has Batman. Like, they have everything. They have Superman now. So that whole off-limits thing is an old concept. I don't think it really exists Mm -hmm. anymore. Maybe it existed for the sake of this movie. I don't know. But my point to you is that there's literally no reason why they couldn't do anyone because the patents in Batman's coming out is just totally different. Yeah, it feels like year one. It, it yeah, but but I don't I don't think, and I could be wrong. Or it feels like the Frank Miller year one. I don't think they're yeah. going to try to claim that that's years ago, and he grow and he grows up to be Ben Affleck. I don't think. No, that's what I think doing this is a, a new thing. So that being the case, there's no reason to, to for anything to not to be untouchable. 
you know? Yeah, Black Mask is suddenly Black Mask is suddenly running rampant or owning the uh, the crime underworld in a in a Gotham that has so many potential underworld bosses. Right. Why not make him a who? What's the uh, the crime family from the Falcon? The Falcon. Why not make him a Falcon? Why not make him any of these other characters? Yeah. Is he even true to the Black Mask character? Um, that's the honest thing. Yeah, pretty much. You pretty much. Not far off, you know. Um, and and they did they tied like those. Well, here's where you're you're exactly right. And this may have been a little off limits because of what I think the uh, Pattinson movie is. The Pattinson movie is very much um, Long Halloween. That's what, what it feels I hear. Like, yeah. And that the, that's the best version of really tying all the crime families together. And eventually they get to, you know, Black Cat went in Rome with that. You know, um, you know, Dark Victory, all that stuff. So I do wonder, I, you're right, like the movie would have been much better for a more complex Gotham City underworld. And we don't get it there, and that may have been off limits. But honestly, I just don't think that for the sake of wanting to do the zany thing, I don't think that they really could have developed that that well. You know, that's a much more serious movie. This should have just been a Harley Quinn film. Yeah. And, you know, and everyone trying to go Harley Quinn for, you know, 100 minutes would have been fun. Mm-hmm. It would have been fun. It's when this... It's when her really... Because Margot Robbie's great at it. But here's the other thing. And again, may have been an issue, but... I don't know about you. A Harley film alone, I want Poison Ivy. It'd be good. Yeah. You know, even as a cameo. She's uh, in this movie. In the roulette wheel. <laughs> when she says that she has prior, right. prior relationships, and you see, like, the... Not roulette wheel, but the uh, the blackjack. Or right. not... What is, what is it? You see, you see the... Um, you see the uh, what is it? I don't gamble. In the you, you see the spinning, um, you know. And it's a, when she's talking about her three prior relationships, you right. see you see it result in two guys in heartbreak, and then there's a girl in heartbreak. Oh, the slot machine. The slot machine. Yeah. And the in and that's yes, in yes. the animation. And the woman was supposed yeah. to be yeah, poison okay. ivy. Yeah, yeah. Because they had a prior relationship. Right, right. So little stuff like that, fine, but. Yeah, a Harley Quinn movie with with Poison Ivy yeah. would have been a badass, more ass kicking woman version after, of this. After the breakup with Joker, which, mind you, is very much again in that in the DC Universe cartoon. Again, it, it, it's a, it's fun. It's fun. It's funny. It's irreverent. Um, for a Harley Quinn fan, I recommend that. Okay, so if you were not happy with this movie, yeah, the, and there are people who are happy with it. Well, again, as a pure Harley Quinn fan, there is a lot to like, but there's a, still a lot wrong with the movie. Right, you know, um, and as a pure DC Comics fan, there's a lot wrong with the movie. Right, but it's it's. I wasn't as bothered by the movie as you were. I found it fun. I was entertained. I was falling asleep by the end of it. Yeah, I was entertained. You know, but a friend of mine said, mutual friend of ours, uh, had written on Facebook, saw it, enjoyed it, never need to see it again. Yeah, I mean, Heidi enjoyed it. Okay. But I think the, also there's a bit of like identity politics to making a movie I like totally this, that, where yeah. women are like, "Hey, I want to see kick-ass women on the screen," okay. and that's fantastic. Um, they deserve better than this movie. I agree with that. I agree with that. This movie's a bit muddled. And then in the box office, I'm a bit at a loss. You know, while I would like to blame, you know, obviously the whole Snyderverse of it, but then you get you know Wonder Woman, Aquaman made a lot of money. You know. Um, I, you know, some people are saying the R rating was a mistake uh, because a lot of fans that would have gone you know, sure. didn't go. Um, 
a lot of reviewers are saying, and I agree, Deadpool it is not. It's just not at the level of the irreverence of Deadpool. No. Because, by the way, here's the thing. And it did, didn't lean did, in. Yeah. Did it need the R rating? I mean, language, okay, fine, you know, but I don't know if it needed it. She's know? shooting people with beanbags. Yeah. What I do like, I like that, and by the way, this is something that that cartoon, again, does great. Hyper-violence and language is great, and so sort of a similar thing they did here. I like that, honestly. I, I thought sure. that the, the graphic violence, the breaking bones, that stuff was, you know... Oh, when she jumps on the dude's legs, I was laughing. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, Ian, I'm sorry we did not get the Harley Quinn movie that we've been hoping for. Yeah, and we won't. <laughs> And that seems so. to be it. I mean, you know, we're going to get another Suicide Squad. Yes, but with James Gunn. Yeah. It. Is that, James Gunn going to be allowed to do his good. thing? I think so. I hope so. Well, here's the thing. That's, to their credit and fault, Warner Brothers is a director's studio. They let them do what they want to do. Do they? Yeah. This movie had reshoots, and I'm not sure that it was not because of the studio. I mean, usually the, it is because of the studio, but I, I think that the reshoots here may have had a exactly. lot to do with you know, a director that wasn't that experienced. Yes, this is her second film. Yeah. She came out of an indie in Sundance. Right. And there are parts that were super strong, again, that fight stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a really great stunt team and choreographer. And, and, and I have to wonder, a lot of that. the time reshoots are pumping that stuff up. Right. In an instance like that. Fixing with some a second-time director, odds are that's the stuff that was like. I don't know for sure, but that's what I would guess. Um, the script was artificially complicated for a story that was not. Mm-hmm. And there, I w- it, that felt like a little bit of fill. And I'm like, no, guys, can we just have a fun movie? And keep in mind, it is the similar, wait, we're starting halfway in. Let's go back to the beginning that Deadpool did. And... Even if this, I mean, we've already had two Deadpool movies. Mm-hmm. You got to do something fresh with this. So. Yeah, it was not fresh. This was not. This did not feel fresh. Okay, it, it and that character deserves it. Yeah, it, it was. It was trying to crib Deadpool and didn't do a good job of it. <sighs> Ladies, you deserve better. Yeah. Hopefully, Wonder Woman eighty four. I hope so. Are you worried about the movie? Ian? I am. I'm worried. Por qué? Um, it just doesn't look that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard things that I don't necessarily want to repeat because I think it could be spoilers. It could room for a lot of sure. other people. Yeah, let's not repeat them here. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm worried about that movie. Um, you know, the Im- the cheetah imagery, I was like, is that a character from Cats? I have not seen the cheetah imagery. I've only seen what's in the trailer. Um, that being said... <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, now I'm worried. Uh, you know what? I'm hoping that it's the first two-thirds of Wonder Woman and not the last third of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, you know, I felt the same way. I thought that the end of Wonder Woman, I loved Wonder Woman, and then the end was just kind of petered out. It was just typical. Right. Um, I think Pedro's Maxwell Lord looks great. Of course. You know? It's going to be cool. So that, that part's cool. So we'll see. We will see. We'll see. Ian, we did not have a whole lot more to say about this movie. No, and I think that's okay. They don't, they don't all have to be long. They don't all have to be long, deep dives, Geeks gave us. This is what you got. Uh, upcoming movies that we have on the schedule, Ian, we've got a Black Widow film. That's going to be great. Uh, I've been watching Picard. I don't know if you want to do a Picard wrap-up. I'll do a Picard wrap-up, absolutely. You'll be I running circles the, around I me. That. I better bone up on the Trekkie. Uh, but I am enjoying it. I'm loving Picard. And you know what? I did end up finishing Watchmen, but it's way late. And I think that so good. it's a masterpiece. Yeah. 
if you haven't watched that, go watch that. Go watch that. And you know it's what? It's a love letter to the comic. Love letter to the comic. Geekscape is throw whatever you want at me. I enjoy it more than the comic. The comic is great. And granted, it's dated at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's been rehashed many times yeah, yeah. and pulled apart many times. This was awesome. Right. Um, this is the way you do love letters. Uh, okay, Ian. It's a swing and a miss with a baseball bat for both of us here on Harley Quinn. Hmm. Um, but here's to Hope and Suicide Squad 2 and Wonder Woman 84 mm-hmm. and Black Widow and all the other geek offerings we got coming down the pike um, work for us. So yeah. Geekscape, sorry about that one. We'll keep watching. We'll keep watching and we'll keep talking about it. For Ian Kerner, Geekscape Forever, over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.